The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Yudalid. Today's Daf is being studied the Fuashir Ema Yaakov Ben Jamile. El Narefana Lo. El Narefana Lo. El Narefana Lo. Refuat Nefesh. Refuat Aguf. Refuat Oker. Ubalabo. Vechenira. Somen Omar. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied the Elun Shmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem. Tanihenu began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied with Fuashirema David ben Adel and Yosef Chaim ben Adel. El Narefana Lahem, El Narefana Lahem, El Narefana Lahem. Fuata Nefesh, Fuata Guf, Fuatam Kirubalabo, Vecheni Rason, Venomar. Amen. We are starting today on Dafyud Gimal Amud Bet. Uh, we are two lines before they get wide. Starting at the Matkifla. Matkifla Rav Ase Ve'etima Rav Avira Ela Me'ata According to what you're saying, meaning, we learned on yesterday's daf when it, regarding the Kohen Gadol. It says, "V'chiper ba'ado u'ba'ad beto," and the Gemara learns from the fact that it says "beto," so he can only have one wife. He's not allowed to have uh, two wives from the word "beto." So what the Gemara is going to do now is ask a question: that whenever we find in the Torah the word "beto," so we can make this derasha now that it only applies to one wife. So the Gemara says, "If that's the case, shete yibamot habaot." According to the halakha, if a man is married, uh, he dies, he doesn't have children. So uh, his brother has to go and marry uh, his sister-in-law now. Has to marry his brother's wife in order to perpetuate the children. Remembering children into the world. That mitzvah is called mitzvah of yibum. Now, the... Torah does say by the Mitzvah Yibum the word Beto. So now you'll come and tell me Hadush that if a guy is married to two wives and he dies, since it's two wives, maybe the two wives are not subject to the law of Yibum. Because by Yibum the Torah uses the word Beto. And Beto we're learning only one by it, only one wife. Now you're going to tell me what if a guy has two wives, he dies. So his brother is not going to be Hayav to marry either of them. Now we know that's not so. 
The halakha says he has to marry either one. And once he marries or does yibum with one of them, then the other one is permissible to go get uh, married. But until that point, both of them are pending until the yibum is made. Uh, but what do you mean? It says the word beto over there. How come you don't make the same dirasha? Kabbalah says yibimto, yibimto, riba. If you look at the pasuk, the pasuk over there by yibama, it says, ve'im lo yahposa ishla ka'at yibimto, ve'alta yibimto hashara. In that pasuk over there, it says the word yibimto, his yibama, twice. So from there we learn, especially in all cases, not only when he has one wife, but even if he has two wives. Good, next case. Matkif la ravina ve'tima rav shirabya. Ela me'ata, according to this, arusa lo t'tyabim. Which means, if a lady is only engaged, meaning irusin was made, hadayat mekodeshetli, then the husband died. Does she fall to Yibum? According to Rakhash, she does fall to Yibum. Uh, what do you mean? It says Beto. And we learned in yesterday's Gemara, Beto means what? Fully married. Not only Irusin, but also Nisuin. Right? Has to have, you have to have Kenisa, you have to have Chupa. What do you mean? According to this part, where, where do you notice from? If it says the word Beto by Yibum, so how do you know that an Arusa also falls to Yibum? So the Gemara says, the Torah uses the word which means literally the one that is outside which means not only the one that is married falls to Yibum but even the one that is outside that realm meaning even somebody that is engaged so therefore you have a Gizrat again to include those cases, but it's my from this Gemara that if you didn't have the Gezerat Katuv from the word Beto, it would definitely exclude, just like it excluded by Yom Kippur comes the Gemara and continues Tarul Banan we have a brighter, new point Kohen Gadol Makriv Onen a Kohen Gadol, Badminnan, he loses one of his seven relatives, close relatives, his wife, his mother, father, brother, sister, uh, son, and daughter, or daughter. So the seven relatives, he becomes what's called an onen until the time of burial. So the question is, can the Kohen Gadol serve in the Beit HaMikdash during the state of Aninut? So Tarakama says, Kohen Gadol Nakriv Onen, Ve'en Ochel. But he's not allowed to eat from the Korbanot. Now let's look at Rashi. Makriv Onen. Tarachmana Sharia. The Torah for, uh, permissive, uh, makes it permissible. Why? Dekhtiv le'abiv ul'imo lo yitama, u'mena migdash lo yitze, ve'lo yichalel. The Pasuk says, he does not make himself tameh for his parents even. And he does not leave the Beit HaMikdash And he does not desecrate Meaning, even if he stays in the Beit HaMikdash And he works After his parents died His service is not desecrated Meaning he's still able to do the Avodah Now, Rashi continues With that Aleph, we could say Maybe De'enu 
שאינו, אוקיי. שאינו צריך לצאת מקדושתו כלל. He does not uh, become excluded from his kedushah, להיות עומד ומקריב. כי לא חלל עבודתו בכך. He does not desecrate his service. ומיני ילפינן, הכהנת ג'וט שלא יצא חלל. But the opposite. הכהנת ג'וט must go out when he becomes an onen. We make a diuk. If a כהן גדול is allowed to serve, it's only because he's a כהן גדול. If he loses one of his relatives, he has to go out of the Beit HaMikdash, he cannot serve. So there's a difference between Gadol and Kohen Ediot. Ve'en ochel Rashi, Shlo utra kan ela avoda, Ve'kadashim asurim le'onen, Kavachomen v'ma'aseh, V'ma'aseh rakal, Sh'am la'toral, Ve'achalti be'oni. One of the things a person is not allowed to eat when he's uh, onen, Is ma'aseh sheni. And he has to make a confession even. No, achalti be'oni. I did not eat ma'asir sheni when he was an onen. Now, korbanot are definitely more serious than ma'asir sheni. So if an onen cannot eat ma'asir sheni, akal, or the more so the onen cannot eat kadashim. So therefore, the kohen gadol can serve, but he can't eat. Right? Rabbi Yudah Omer, kol ayom. Rabbi Yudah says the whole day. Now we don't know what this means. So the Gabbara says, Michael Ayom. Amarava Lo Nitzrecha Ela Lehavio Mitoch Beto. The Bibidas is a Hadush over That not only does he serve the Kohen Gadol when he's on in, but you bring him from his house in order to serve. Which is if he went home, it's a mitzvah to bring him back to let him serve when he's on in. Meaning the Tanakhama holds, he can serve. It's optional. The Buddha says, Kolayom, Dafka, he should serve the whole day. Why? Yashi. Laviyom mitoch beto, Mitzvahu, Shibiu, the Mikdash, Lahavot Kolayom, Kede, Lefakeyach Tsaro. In order to pacify his grief. He just lost a relative. So I guess to take his mind off the Tsar. Let him go to Beit HaMikdash, let him work that whole day. Ve'achi kamar bi'udah. Kol ha'yom yeh asuk be'akrabah. The whole day he should be asuk in service. Amar le'abayyeh. So Abayyeh asks a question. Hashtal rabi'udah. Apuke mafkinan leh. According to rabi'udah, we know that a kohen ediot, if he's working, during the, uh, in the Beit HaMikdash, and he becomes an Onen, we, we stop him. We remove him. How do you know that? The Tanya, He's talking about a He's standing by the Mizbeah, he's in the middle of service. And then he heard that one of his relatives died. The Buddha says, mid-service, he drops what he's doing, and he walks out. Rabbi Yosef Omed Yikmor. Rabbi Yosef says, no, no, no. If he's in the middle of the service, even the Kohen and Jyoti father is on end, he continues. And you're telling me now that by a Kohen Gadol, you bring him from his house back? Jesus Gabriel is asking a question like this. We see when it comes to Aninu, Rabbi Yehuda is Mahmir. Where do you see Mahmir? By a coin hijot, if the guy is in the middle of the service, what does the Buddha say? Drop what he's doing, get out. So by a coin gadol, he has a reverse logic. He's Mahmir, and it's Makir. Over there he tells you, no, if he left, 
bring him back. So the Gemara doesn't understand. Rabbi Yudah, are you mekel in the law of Aninut, or are you mahmir in the law of Aninut? Now, it's very difficult to understand this question. Because there's a difference between a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Ejot. A Kohen Gadol is allowed to serve during Aninut, and a Kohen Ejot, as we learned, is not allowed. So therefore, what are you asking? This is a Kohen Gadol, this is a Kohen Ejot. The Kabbalah is a question. Oh, you see there's Mahmir by Kohen Ejot. What are you doing? Make up your mind if you die. You Mahmir or you Mekel? What do you mean? It's a simple answer. By Kohen Gadol, I'm Mekel. By Kohen Ejot, I'm Mahmir because the Torah is Mahmir. So this is a very strong question. The Ritba asks this question, and the Ritba answers the following. Where do we know that a Kohen Ejot is not allowed to serve? What's the what's the record? It doesn't say it anywhere in the Torah explicitly. We learned in the Nashi is from an inference, it's from an implication. By the Kohen Gadol it says, Now what? That in the in the Beit Hamikdash the Kohen Gadol that becomes a could stay there and he doesn't desecrate. Ah, uh, implying that what? That the Kohen Gadol does. Now, the implication is going to work like this: whatever we made permissible by the Kohen Gadol. That's going to be forbidden by a Kohen Ejot. Now, according to the Biyuda, what is permissible by a Kohen Gadol? To bring him even from the house. Which means to actually, the Kohen Gadol left, bring him back, go serve. To that's going to be Asu by Kohen Ejot. You can't bring him from his house to go serve. But if he's serving, Minatona would be permissible. Oh, so now, really, according to that, the view that really holds that a Kohen Ejot can serve. Especially if he was serving already. All you can't do is whatever you want to do by a Kohen Gadol, you cannot do by a Kohen Ejot. By a Kohen Gadol, what do we say? Bring him from his house, even. Uh, you can't do that. Oh, so if a Kohen Ejot is really allowed to work, and what does the view that still say? But if he's in the middle of working, he finds that he's on in, drop the, uh, drop the Korban. Oh, drop the Korban. So then why, by a, by a Kohen Gadol, that you tell me why, that you can even bring him back, which means really both are permissible. A Kohen Gadol is allowed to work. As well as a Kohen Gadol, they're both allowed to work now. So why then you mahmir by a Kohen Gadol, and you tell me the middle of the Avodah, drop it. A Sheikh over there by a Kohen Gadol, you're being Mekel. Which is the premise of the question is both of them are permissible technically to, to, to do Avodah. A Kohen Gadol could do Avodah when he's on in, and a Kohen Ejot as well. All the only thing is by Kohen Ejot, you weren't allowed to bring him, let's say, from his house to go, to go work. But if he's in the middle of working, it's got to be permissible. So to be with that, why are you Mahmir all of a sudden over here? But a Kohen Gadol, you saw Mekel, he even bring him from his house. So the Gemara says, Ela So we have to revamp re- 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 the Biudah's opinion. What does it mean when the Buddha said Kolayom? Lomar she'eno oved Kolayom. The opposite. That the Kohen Gadol Kolayom, that's because missing some words. Kolayom eno oved. Which we still now we learn Kolayom means Adraba. Bring him from his house, let him work all day. Now we're learning that Kolayom means he does not work the entire day. On the day that the Kohen Gadol becomes Onen, Stop him from doing work. <coughs> Why? Uh, we're worried. Because since he's onen, he's not in the right state of mind. Now we know he's asur to eat kadashim. We're worried that if we're going to let him work during the Arinut stage, Gizrei might come to eat from the Kurbanot. Now everybody agrees you cannot eat from the Kurbanot when he is a onen. onen. Look at the top of the sheet. 
Don't let him work in the Bet Hamikdash the whole day of his aninut. Why? He might come to eat the korbanot. Look at Rashi. Lomar she'eno oved kol hayom ad alayla. Rashi saying a big hadush until the night. Aval balayla imbal laktir halabim veemurim yaktir, which means on the day of the kevura, right? On the day of the mita and the kevura, a person is called an onen. Rashi's telling you, but that's going to only apply to the day. The following night already, the Kaurah, according to Rashi, it will be permissible for him to serve. Gezerah Shema Yuchal, Kol Ayom Asub Bachilat Kadashim in the Torah. Aval Ba'aninut Alayla, Mishinikbar Hamet Bayom, Ela Medivre Torah, Ela Medivre Sofrim. Vahki Shem'inan Lil Rabi Yehuda, Masikat Zivachim. Vahki Kama Rabi Yehuda, Kol Ayom Hu Ba'aninut Velo Yikram. So she's telling you a big hadushah. That according to Rabbi Yehuda, the only time he's asked to work is in the day. Aninut Yom. But Rabbi Yehuda holds Aninut Layla is with Rabbanan. Meaning according to the Sheet's Mashmah, that on the day that they buried him, the subsequent night, it's considered the Aninut Layla, and therefore he can go serve. The only Gizrah they're making is during the day. Good? So let's repeat Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. When Rabbi Yehuda said, Kol Ayom, it means Kol Ayom Asur Lahavod. Why? What about the subsequent night after the burial? Rabbi Yudha is still on in. It's not the next day technically in, in Jewish law, but the night following the Kimurah is Aninud Rabbanan. But Aninud Rabbanan, they let the guy, they let the guy work. There's a whole subject on this Rashi over here. Tashin really Zebahim holds that Aninut Ayla is the Uraita. So they don't know what he's saying over here. Aninut Ayla is the Rabbanu. Adra, Rabbi Yehuda holds in the second Zebahim that Aninut Ayla is the Uraita. So what is she saying over here? Aninut Ayla is the Banan. So someone answer that we're talking about what is Aninut Ayla the Uraita? When the day was Yom Hamita and Yom Akibura. Which is when he died on that day, and they buried him on that day, the subsequent night is the Uraita. But if he died a different day, the day before, and they buried him the next day, that night would be the Rabbanan. So maybe that she's talking about such a case. Where the Yom Mita and Kibura was not on the same day, so the subsequent night is the Rabbanan. In that case, we'll let the Kohen Gadol work in the Meta Megdash. That's the way they square the opinion of the Buddha. What about the Pasuk? How do you want the Pasuk? What's the Pasuk? Yeah, but the Torah is not Mechalel. His avodah is good, but it's making a gezerah. Yeah, the banan. Gezerah, shimmy yuchal. Okay? So comes the Gebaran and says, now we get to the question. What are you talking about? We have a Mishnah. Our Mishnah. Rabbi Yudha Omer, Af Isha, Karim Atkinin Lo. Rabbi Yudha has the opinion that says what? Yom Kippur, Kohen Gadol, they prepare for the second wife. Right? Shimmy Tamut Ishto. Because maybe his wife is going to die. Vihimaita Ishto. What are you talking? If his wife dies, what happens to the Kohen? He becomes an Onin. Avid Avodah, he works, but. Which means the second wife just uh, comes in, but part of the line we're letting him work. Which is according to what we're saying now, Rabbi Yudah does not allow a Kohen to work on in You prepare the second wife. Why? Because you're worried if the first wife dies. Imply if the first wife dies, just continue working, no problem. Uh, what do you mean, Gizrashim, Yochal? You're an owner, how could you work on Kippur? You might come to eat from the 
Korbanot. So the Gemara says, Amar le, hachi ashta, when you make a comparison, Hatam kevan de yom kipurim, u dechul alma lo kaachle, huname lo atele mechal. Yakipur, nobody's eating. Everybody's fasting. So therefore, I'm not worried that a Kohen Gadol in his anguish and all that is going to forget and come to eat the Korbanot. Because you know, nobody's eating on that day. There's nothing to cause him to forget. However, hachad kula alma achle, huname atele mechal. But on a normal day, outside of Kibbutz, everybody else is eating, so he, he might forget that he's onen and not allowed to eat from the Qurban, and he might unwittingly eat. So there's no difference between Kippur and the other days. So comes again, Quran says, V'chi hai gavda mi hai aninut? Hold it. What are you talking about? There's no aninut over here. V'ha migarsha. We learned yesterday in our seventh approach, was the final approach, we had a problem. He's got a second wife. So we had to figure out a way that he's not married to two wives on Kippur. So we said, you have to make a condition to both wives and all that. But bottom line, in order for the case to be a case, he's got to be divorced to one of his wives. So therefore, when she dies, there's not going to be an aninut. Because a moment before she dies, a gerushin was hal. Now, there's no aninut on the wife that's divorced. You only have an inut on the one that you're married to. So the Gemara is asking you a question. Hold on, what's, what's even your question over here? He's not an onen. There was a divorce before uh, before he died. So the Gemara says, Nihid aninut lo chayir ale. You're right. He's not an onen. However, is he not preoccupied? Is he not uh, upset? Okay, he's upset. He's very upset. So what? So that she comes and tells us that there's a new law here. Not new law, but there's a law that we didn't know. That not only can't an onen eat from uh, korbanot, but somebody that's depressed cannot eat from korbanot. You gotta be happy. Because the Torah says, um, uh, And what does lemoshcha mean? And as she explains it, like the ways the kings eat. Meaning, And therefore, the hadus like this. That you're right, There's no problem of eating. However, once his wife dies, it's obvious the Kohen Gadol is not in the best uh, abuse. He's upset, he's depressed, and there's the Isur to eat from the Korbanot as well. And that was the Kibbutz question. You don't allow service. How do you let him work on Kippur? It's also a for him to eat. Midin Samcha. And therefore, you still let him. Uh, his answer is what? Nah, because since nobody's eating, therefore, he's not going to come to eat. But on a regular day, he would come to eat. This question is only on one side. Right? And, uh, the, other, the other lady is not the most good. Whoever. On the side that you yeah. need to get. Correct. Right. On the side that you need to get, they're asking this question. Correct. On the other one that dies, there's no get. You don't need to get. Correct. Correct. On the conditional one that you need to get. Any of his wives that are going to die is going to cause them to be depressed. <laughs> right, I'm just with you. Yeah, 100%. Not the backup one, because the backup Doesn't matter. Uh, okay, could, could, okay could, could, be, could, be, could be his, fir- his first. Well, it could be any of his wives. Could be any of his wives. Well, obviously, he picked that wife. I mean, it's, it's not, he's not happy. Oh. <laughs> 
All the seven days. Now we discuss what the Kohen Gadot does during the seven preparatory days before Kippur. And what are they preparing him to do? What is, it, what is exactly, what does he do during the seven days? What well, says, Number one, they let the Kohen Gadol sprinkle the blood of the Qurban Tamid. Every day they brought a Qurban Tamid. So, they want him to get familiar with the service. So when Kippur comes, he knows what he's doing. So therefore they let him sprinkle the whole week. And he also brings the incense, the ketoret. Right? Here we have a great machlok at the Shonim, what is Hatavata Nerot. Rashi learns, he cleans out the menorah. Uh, part of the Kohen Gadol's service was in the morning. He goes to the menorah that's already extinguished from you know the night before, that was lit, then in the morning it's extinguished. He has to take out all the ashes from the cups. Uh, clean the wick, change the wick, and add oil. That's called hatabat tanerot. According to Harambam, hatabat tanerot is actually hadlakat tanerot. That's another way of saying he would light the candles uh, in the morning. In any event, that's the machloket rishonim. So all seven days he does hatabat tanerot. And also the head and the leg, which is the primary part of the animal, he brings on the mizbayah. Korban ola, everything goes on the mizbayah. So with this whole process, he would bring it up to the ramp, and then from the ramp he would bring it and put it on the actual Mizbaya itself. So we let the Kohen Gadol do the service. Ush'ar kol Now all other days of the year, Which means all, all year long we have a rotation system where we have families of the Kohenim that are serving in the Beit HaMikdash. And everybody gets a chance. However, the Mishnah is telling us the Hadush. The Kohen Gadol can serve whenever he wants. Which is he can walk in and say, Today I'm bringing the Qurban Tamid. Well, what do you mean? It's, it's our family's chance. Uh, we have a, we doesn't, it doesn't matter. Kohen Gadol, he has rights to bring any day, any time he wants. She Kohen Gadol makriv helek barosh. Because the Kohen Gadol, he's the rosh. He goes first, which means he overrides any Kohen serving the Beit even Kohenim that are designated to work on that day. Venotir helek barosh as well. And when they're dividing the meat of the Korbanot, if the Kohen Gadol wants to say, I want to eat from that Korban, you give it to him. No, nobody has rights over the Kohen Gadol. He has rights of first refusal to any service and any eating in the Beit HaMikdash. Yeah. Now, the Gemara says the following. Man Tana. Who is the author of our Mishnah? Amar of Hazdad, look at Rabbi Akiva. It's not like Rabbi Akiva. Why? Let's speak this outside. We learned in the previous Dapim, during the seven days, what else do they do to the Kohen Gadol? They sprinkle them. What do they sprinkle the Kohen Gadol with? With the waters of the Paraduma. Right? They learned that from the Miluim. Just like when Aharon and his children had the seven days of Miluim, they sprinkled them with the blood. There was no Paraduma yet. So too they switched the blood for water. And they sprinkled them with the waters of the Paraduma. Why? Maybe he became Tameh. It's a Safik. You know, we're being Mahmid, maybe he became Tameh, so we have to sprinkle him every day, so we get the third and the seventh day, and the whole Tevilah, Bismana Mitzvah, Hazaan, all that stuff. Good. The Akiva is a very interesting Hadush, and we're going to learn it inside from Pesukim. He holds that when you sprinkle somebody with the waters of the Paraduma, and the ashes of the Paraduma, it only purifies people that are Tameh. But if a person is Tahor, and he gets sprinkled on, he gets tamir. It works reverse. That's, that's by the way, the Gebra is going to say, is the irony of the Paraduma. The Gebra is going to say, that's actually Shilomo Melech's dilemma 
when he said, Amarti that's exactly what Shiloh Amelich was questioning regarding the Paraduma. That what? A guy that's Tameh gets sprinkled becomes Tahor. But a guy that's Tahor that gets sprinkled becomes Tameh. So now, the Gemara analyzes. The Gemara says, Al Mishnah cannot be going like the Akiva. Why? Because he was sprinkled for seven days. And he's really tahor, the Kohen Gadol. We just do a sprinkling of um, Sefik. Now, according to the Akiva, if you sprinkle a tahor guy, becomes Tameh. But what does it say in our Mishnah? He's bringing Kurbanot the whole week. So the Mishnah cannot be going like the Akiva. Because it says, Hu makriv, he sprinkles the blood. He can't sprinkle the blood if he's Tameh. So the Gemara says, Man Tana, Amar of Hazda, De Lok Rabbi Akiva. It's not like Rabbi Akiva. The Eid of Akiva, Ha Amar Tahor, Shinafla Alavazaa. A guy who's tahor, that is sprinkled tumato, tumato, which means what he becomes tameh. Hechi avid avoda. How is he then able to bring the korbanot like it says in the Mishnah? That yes, because everybody sprinkles. They learn from miluim. So according to Akiva, he either he learned from either right either according to Akiva, he won't bring korbanot. Or the Gemara will answer even according to the Biyakra, there's a way to do it. The Gemara can't explain this Mishnah according to the Biyakra. You're right, in this answer, it's not saying it's like the Biyakra. So the Sheilaj is asking me, according to the Biyakra, if they're going to sprinkle them, it's going to come, it could be they didn't sprinkle them. Could be the Biyakra holds that since it's only a Sefik, really, Hazakai doesn't have any Tum'abadayanim, and Echadam, maybe he won't sprinkle them. So comes the Gemara and says, "Vetanya, how do we know this?" It says, "Vehizah tahor al tameh." Now the next piece you just have to hold the trend over here for a minute. Vehizah tahor al tameh. You sprinkle the tahor guy will sprinkle on the tameh. I mean the sprinkler is tahor, right? So the Gemara says, "Al tameh tahor," which if you sprinkle on the tameh guy, he becomes tahor. But if you sprinkle on the Tahor guy, he becomes Tameh. Yeah, which is the opposite. Which means, since the Pasuk, it could, the Pasuk could have just said like this, Let the Tahor sprinkle on the guy. It is no, To teach me, when you sprinkle on a Tameh, then the guy gets Tahor. But if you sprinkle on a Tahor, it works the opposite way. It's the Hachamim Omri, Hachamim come along and argue on the Biyakiva. They say, "En Advarim Halalu Amurim Ela Bedvarim Mekabelim Tumah." Hachamim have a different derash on this word Tameh. They say that Hazaa sprinkling is only viable. A sprinkling is only called a sprinkling. A Hazaa is only called a Hazaa if it's sprinkled on something that is able to mekabel Tumah. Different hadush. It's not telling you that the Tameh guy becomes uh, Tahor, the Tahor guy becomes Tameh. Different item. Vehizatur al-Hattameh. Hazaaz only called Hazaa if it's sprinkled on something that is Mekabel Tum'ah. What does that mean? Gibra says, Ma'ihi. Kedetnan. Like we learned in the Mishnah. Litkaven lehazot ala behemah. Let's say the Kohen Gadol. His intention, or the guy who's sprinkling the paraduma water, his kavanah was to sprinkle it on an animal. An animal, a live animal, is not mekabel tum'ah. 
Okay? Vizar la'adam. And instead, either he missed, right? he had bad aim, he didn't sprinkle on the animal, by mistake it landed on Adam. But that Adam needed uh, Tara as well. So the Gemara says, Im yesh be'ezov, the ezov is the hyssops, they would take like uh, herbs, and they would dip them, soak them into the waters of the paraduma, and it would like uh, absorb it, and then from this ezov they would sprinkle it on the tameh. So our case is, he wants to sprinkle it on the animal. Okay? By mistake, it landed on, inadvertently, on the men. What's the deen? In yesh be'ezov, if there's still some more waters left over in the ezov, yishneh. Let him just, let him sprinkle again. He doesn't have to dip it again in the waters. I'll explain you the logic over here. The logic is because bottom line, did he sprinkle on a person over here? Yes. Is that sprinkling called the sprinkling? Well, yes, it's sprinkling because bottom line, a man is mekabel tum'ah. And therefore, since the sprinkling is called the sprinkling, it's not as if you misused the waters of paraduma, Because you're not allowed to do work with the waters of paraduma. So as long as you're involved in a sprinkling, that, that's, that's what the waters of paraduma are for, for sprinkling. Now, the problem in this case is, but you sprinkled, but you sprinkled without kavana. Because your intention was to sprinkle on the animal. But you ended up only sprinkling on the man. So what do you do? If there's some more water left in the Ezov, just give him one more, one more shot. However, let's say his intention was to sprinkle on the man. And instead, he ended up sprinkling, sprinkling the animal. But now he's got to sprinkle on the man. Because the man is the Tara. Now watch this. If there's some leftovers, water, residual water in the Ezov, do not sprinkle again. You have to dip it again in the waters. Why? Because when you sprinkle on the animal, it's sprinkling on the animal called the Haza'ah. No, why? Because it's not Mechabel Tum'ah. And therefore when you sprinkle on the animal, you did Melacha with the waters in this Ezov. Now all the waters are Pasul. Because you did Melacha with them. So what do you have to do? You have to dip it again in the waters, and now sprinkle it on the Adam. So therefore, I'm going to review the Adachah of the Hakamim. It's a very interesting law. I used to wait as she's learning it, and there's other girsaot over here, of Rabbeinu Hanan El, etc. We're learning according to Shittat Rashi. Shittat Rashi says again like this. When the Torah says, It's teaching me that for Hazaah to be called the Hazaah, it's got to be on somebody that's Shayach to be Kabel Tum'ah. Nafkamina, Nafkamina will be that if you sprinkle on somebody that's not shayak to mikabel tumah, like an animal, that means you misused the waters of the paraduma, or you did melacha with the waters of the paraduma, and that renders them pasul. Right. Not only the waters you sprinkle, but whatever's left over in the ezov, it's pasul. You got to sprinkle it again. Therefore, let's give the case: the guy had kabana to sprinkle on an animal. Okay, what wanted to hear the animal. <laughs> now what happened? Ended up, he sprinkled on Adam. Now, that man needed Tara as well. Is the Tara good? No. Because by the way, to sprinkle on somebody, you need Kavanah to sprinkle on him. So the Tara has got to be done again. The question is, you have to dip the Ezov again in the waters of the Para? No. Why? Because you didn't do Melacha with these waters. Why? Because bottom line, who just sprinkle on? A human being. A human being sprinkling is called Hazaah. Hazaah is not a Melacha. That's what you're supposed to do with the waters. 
if you ended up sprinkling on the animal, sprinkling on an animal is not considered hazaa. Why? Because an animal that's alive is not mekabel Correct? So therefore, what did you do with this with these waters in the Ezov? The water is now a pasul. You got to sprinkle the guy now. You know what you end up having to do? You have to dip it again. Even if there's leftovers. Even if there's leftovers in the Ezov, doesn't matter. Can dip it again, let it absorb new waters, and then sprinkle it on the Adam. That's the shita of the hakamim. Continue with the Gemara. The Gemara says, My ta'ama de Rabbi Akiva. Now we're going to get to Rabbi Akiva's derashe. Nikhtov rahmana vehiza tahor alav. Let the pasuk just say that the sprinkler will sprinkle on him. My alatame. What does it mean he sprinkles on the tame? Shma'mina alatame tahor. That only if he sprinkles on the tame, that guy becomes tahor. Alatahor tame. But if he sprinkles on the tahor tame. Verabanan. What do the rabbis hold? Hai lidvarim amikabedim tumahu daata. Like we learned. That word tame is coming to tell me uh, that Hazaa is only considered Hazaa on something that is Mikabel Tuba, like we just learned. <laughs> but regarding uh, sprinkling on somebody that's Tahor, Kavahomer. Im alatame Tahor, alatahor lo koshekin. Hakamim says simple logic. If the waters of the Paraduma can purify a Tameh, koshekin, they can purify somebody that's pure already. Right? Makes sense. Uh, how can work with Kabbalahomid? If it, it can purify a Tameh, all the more so it can maintain purity to someone that it is, Tahor. The Rabbi Akiva, Hainu de Kamar Shilomo, Amarti Achkama Vihiri Hukami Menu. Rabbi Akiva says, Yes, it does sound uh, beyond logic. And that's exactly what Shilomo said when he was baffled with the Paraduma. Which means, you're right, it, does, it defies logic. This is what he was talking about in Shilomo Melech. He was talking about how is it possible that if you sprinkle on a Tahor guy, he becomes Tameh, while if you sprinkle on a Tameh guy, he becomes Tahor. That, that's what baffled Shilomo. So now the question is, according to Hakamim, what was baffling Shilomo? Because according to Hakamim, it makes total sense. The Tameh guy becomes Tahor, and the Tahor guy remains Tahor. So what, 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 what's the, uh, the uh, dilemma of Paraduma? Or the mystery of Paraduma? Verabanan hahi wahu lemaze ulmazin ala tahor. There's a big misconception on the paraduma. This Gemara is going to clear it up. The Gemara says clearly the maze, the sprinkler, and the one that gets sprinkled on always remains tahor. The sprinkler is tahor after he sprinkles. Everybody always thinks that that's it, that the guy who sprinkling walks away Tameh, and the guy who gets sprinkled on Tameh, that's not so. According to the Gemara, the Gemara is saying, the Mazeh is Tahor, even after he finishes sprinkling. And the one that got sprinkled, of course, is Tahor. So what's the dilemma? Somebody that touches the waters of Para'aduma, he becomes Tameh. And that's the dilemma. A guy who's sprinkling, he's touching the waters, he's holding them, he's sprinkling, he remains tahor. But Stam, a guy goes and touches the water of Paraduma, he becomes Tameh. Huh? Doraita. He's learned from Pesukim. That's the Shitab da Hakamim. Shitab da Hakamim is that the sprinkler remains tahor, but the one that touches 
gets tamir. Even though the one that sprinkles is also touching, doesn't matter. He remains tahor, and the one that touches gets tamir. Now, how do we know this? He says like this. But there's no clear pasuk that says uh, that he becomes uh, tamer. It does say. The one who sprinkles. No, the contrary, on the contrary, on the contrary. It says that the one that sprinkles remains tahor in the pasuk. That's what it says? Yes, look at the Gemara. The Gemara says, Umazeh tahor. What do you mean? Does, it, does the mazeh remain tahor? What do you mean? The Torah says that the guy who sprinkles, he has to clean his clothes. Meaning in the mikveh, mashma that the mazeh is tameh. My mazeh nogeya. When it says the word mazeh, it's not the mazeh. The Torah, when it says umazeh, he has to wash his clothes. It's really referring to a nogeya, the guy who touches. The hakitiv mazeh. What are talking about? But it says the word mazeh, vakitiv nogeya, which is in the same pasuk. It says. So what are you talking about? It says the same pasuk mazeh and nogeya. Now you tell me the beginning of pasuk is talking about nogeya. It says mazeh. The odd mazeh ba'akibus begadim nogeya lo ba'akibus begadim, which means if you tell me mazeh is is a nogeya, and when we say nogeya, by the way, we mean touching it not for sprinkling purposes, just touching it stam. Because we know sprinkling is, is okay. But now he's saying like this. If the word mazeh in your interpretation means nogeya, you have a stira in the pasuk. Because the beginning of the pasuk is like, mazeh mechatat yechabes. Now what does mazeh mean according to the Hachamim? Nogeya. That means nogeya has to be mechabes begadav. Then it says the end. Ve'an nogeya mechatat yitma'ad ha'arif. Mashma, he's only tameh, but his begadim do not become tameh. Because you have a stira in the pasuk. Because tum'at begadim is a much more hamurah. Tum'at. So therefore, he's asking two questions. Number one, how can you tell me mazeh means nogeya? No, nogeya is talking about, talk about at the end of that pasuk. And second, if it is talking about a nogeya, then you have a stira in the pasuk. Because the beginning of the pasuk says the nogeya, not only does he become tameh, but whatever he's wearing becomes tameh. And the end of the pasuk says, but only he becomes tameh, not his begadim. So you have a stira, so I hear you, what are you talking about? So the Gemara says, my mazeh, you know what mazeh means? Noseh. Guy who carries the waters of the paraduma, he didn't touch them. They're in the keli. He just lifts them up. So the pasuk is like this: You have a maze mechatat. That merely means nose mechatat or menida. Who carries the waters of the paraduma? And you have the nogeya. The nose has tumah hamura, meaning of even begadim. Right. And the nogeya, he just has the tumah of himself yitma da'ar. But the maze remains tahor. The maze is always remaining tahor. Now, v'nichtov rachmanan nose. The Gemara asks the obvious question: Why confuse us? Just write Why does it write mazeh? You tell me mazeh means nose. How much does the nose have to carry? To become tamir, a shiur of hazaah, which means how much there's a certain amount, a minimum amount that you have to sprinkle on the tamir, whatever that shiur is. So in order to have tumah for being noseh, you only let's let's give hypothetical. Let's say for argument's sake, you have to sprinkle at least three ounces on the guy. 
So therefore, the tumat no se is only going to be if he carried three ounces. However, anything less, there's no tumat. So how do you know that from? From the word mazeh. Meaning the no se has to have a shi'ur of mazeh. Now, and that's, now we go back. And that's what the dilemma of Shilom HaMelech was. Shilom HaMelech say, hold it. The guy who's mazeh, he's actually touching it. And he's going and sprinkling. And he remains tahor. But you have a nogeya who's touching it, not for our purposes. Or even better, a noseh that didn't even touch the waters, and he becomes tameh. So that's what Shilom HaMelech said. Not like the misconception always people think that, uh, that the sprinkler walks away tahor. The sprinkler walks away tahor. The question is, the nogeya and the noseh, they walk away tameh. So the Gemara's holding. This only makes sense according to the opinion that says that there's a minimum shi'ur for haza'ah. There's an opinion that says there's no shi'ur faza'ah. Even a drop of water touches the uh, touches the guy, he's ta'or. Mm. So then the question then is, you tell me who mazeh. And you tell me mazeh is really no se. And why did it say mazeh? To tell me you need the shi'ur of haza'ah. There's no shi'ur faza'ah according to one opinion. So the Gabra says, Afidu leman da'amar haza'ah in sirika shi'ur, halimili agabad gabra. When we say that there's no shi'ur, according to that opinion, it means that the guy who's getting sprinkled on the gavra, there's no shi'ur. Avad shi'ur. But in the keli that you're dipping the agudat ezot in, you need a shi'ur in the cup. Which means, there has to be a shi'ur in the keli of the, of the, uh, the, uh, the waters and the air Now, and you dip the agudat ezot in it. Now when you sprinkle, only a drop has to touch the tamir guy. But the shi'ur has to be in the cup. Before you dip it. And that's what it means, shi'ur. So, how do you know that? We have a Mishnah. What's the shi'ur that you have to have in the cup in order that the haza will be kasher? In order to dip the uh, heads of the, the tips of the givolim, of the stems, and it'll absorb the water in them. Now, that shows you what is a minimum shi'u that you have to actually dip into. So that's what the pasuk means. which really means a noseh. And what's the shi'u of noseh? The shi'u that you have to dip the paraduma, the, the agudatism into it. That's the shi'u of tum'at of noseh. Good? Now, comes Gibran says, Now we go back to our original subject. How Mishnah said, it's not going like Rabbi Akiva. said that Mishnah is not going like Rabbi Akiva. Why? Because Rabbi Akiva holds that the Hazaah on a Tahor guy becomes Tameh. He becomes Tameh. How can Mishnah say he brings the Ola during the seven days? He sprinkles blood. He brings the Ketoret. He cannot do those things. So now the Gemara says, I can even tell you Mishnah is like Rabbi Akiva. How? If you're going to sprinkle him, he's going to become Tameh. Well, how can it be like Rabbi Akiva? So the Gemara says, Abaya Amar Afilu Tema Rabbi Akiva. We do it like this. Let him work the whole day, the Kohen, for the seven days. He worked by day. And right before sunset, they sprinkle him. He goes to the Mikveh. He has the Arif Shemesh by night. The next day he could serve again. He serves the whole day. After he finishes all the Kurma, they sprinkle him right before sunset again. He becomes Tameh, goes to the Mikveh, head of Shemesh at night, he's kosher for the next morning. So there's a way, according to the Akiva, that he can do both. 
he can get sprinkled and he can also serve. How? Just let him serve during the day. After he's finished all the avodah, sprinkle him. Mm. Now what are you sprinkling him for? Because maybe he is tamim, by the way. Mm. We don't know. But on the side that he's tahor, you're going to mess him up. Good. So do it at the end of the day. If he was tahor, he got tamim. I'll go to the mikveh. He needs the of shemesh, you have the night. Next morning, he's tahor again to work. Finished avodah, sprinkle him again. So the Mishnah can even be going like the Bi'akiba. Comes again what Anne says. So the Mishnah then gave us the service that the Kohen Gadol does during the seven days. He brings the Ketoret in the morning, and then he does Atavat Nerot. We'll learn like that. She cleans out the Menorah. Now, it's mashma. It's not mashma. It's explicit. The Mishnah is telling you the order of the day. Ketoret comes before Atavat Nerot. Al-Khara, the Mishnah is giving you the order of the procedure. So the Gemara says, Alma Ketoret Beresha Vahada Nerot. Implying that what the Ketoret comes first and then the Nerot. Urmin, who we have a contradiction from a Mishnah in Masechet Tamid. Person, one of the Kwanim was Zuchewat. They used to have lotteries in the morning in the Beit HaMikdash. And the purpose of the lotteries were in order to divide the services amongst the Kohanim. So the lotteries were to decide, There was a zechut to go and clean out the Mizbayah from the Kurbanot of the night before. That's called Dishun HaMizbayah. Dishun is addition. The ashes. They would have to take the ashes off the Mizbayah. Okay? Somebody was zechut to clean the Menorah, light the Menorah. And somebody was okay for the ketoret. It's mashra from the order of the lottery that the menorah came before the ketoret. Amar man tanat tamid. Who's the author of the mishnayot and masechet tamid? Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzpahu. That's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzpah. He's a da'at yahid. We don't go with those mishnayot. Uh, you can't ask me a question from a mishnah and tamid to this mishnah and masechet yomah. Because the Mishnayot and Tamid were not said according to everybody. The Mishnayot and Tamid were one man's opinion. Who? Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzpah. So therefore, our Mishnah argues on the Mishnah and Tamid. You're asking me a question from Mishnah and Yomah to Masikh and Tamid. What's the Gibbara's answer? The Mishnah and Tamid is made Da'at Yahid. That's Rabbi Shimon Mitzpah wrote those Mishnayot. Alright? Comes the Gibbara and says, hold it. Can't be he wrote those Mishnayot. We learned the exact opposite. Ditan. We're learning about now the Kohen, the Kohen in the morning when he brings the Qurban, let's say, Ola, Ola Tamid. The Ola Tamid has to have sprinkling. You sprinkle the Ola Tamid on the corners of the Mizbayah. So the Gebarah is going to teach us now how they sprinkle. So it says in the Mishnah in the second Tamid. How is it Mishnah in the Tamid was listing the services in order? Correct. So you're just saying, it, you know, this is the services. Mishnah Zakhah, but who said No, uh, so, so look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Kol Mishazakha, second line in Rashi. Shalosh Mishnayotem Besedra Tamid, Sidurot Zuaharzu Keseder Avodato. Which is the Mishnayot that she's telling you are listed in the order of the service. Now, comes the Gemara and continues. Detnan, we have a Mishnah in Masechet Tamid. Balo lekeren Mizrahit Sefonit. Now, the Kohen Gadol, or the Kohen in the morning after brings the Kurban Tamid, he walks to the Mizbayah with the blood in his hand. And he has the blood in the cup. He gets to the North-east corner of the Mizbayah. 
ונותן מזרח האספונה. And he places the blood on the north east corner. He doesn't put it on uh, both corners. He just puts it, as she says, like an L. He just puts it on uh, on the corner. So you're getting two corners at once. Okay, you have a picture over there in your books. Ma'aravit <coughs> deromit. When he gets to the southwest corner, noten ma'arava deroma. So basically, he's putting on four corners, but in two shots. That's it. When you put it on the corner, you get two two directions. So he puts it on northeast and southwest. That's the Mishnah Masechet Tamid. Vetani ala, but we have a bright on that Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzpah Mishaneh B'Tamid He says, no, you do it differently Mizrahit Sefonit Noten Mizraha Sefona Ma'aravit Deromit Noten Ma'arava V'harkach Noten Deroma Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzpah says The North East, you do like the L One corner But on the South West, you do it separately The West alone and the South alone. So you see we have a mahlukit in the Mishnah Tamid and the Bishabon Isha Mitzpah. So that means the Bishab Isha Mitzpah cannot have been the author of Masikit Tamid. Because he's arguing one of the Mishnah to Masikit Tamid. Because he's arguing how you did the uh, the sprinkling. So back to the question again. How Yes, according to him, it's it's three. Right? Which means technically you're going north. East one shot, you're getting two corners, and then the southwest is separate. So now the question is, look at um, yeah, that's what that she says. So now we're back to the question. We're back to the question. Masichet Yoma says what? First you did the ketoret, and then you did the menorah. Masichet Tamid, it's the opposite. First you did the, men- the menorah, then you did the ketoret. And don't tell me that Mishnayot Tamid is Shabarbi Shabon Isha Mitzpah, because we see he argues on the Mishnayot and Masichet Tamid. So the Gemara says, Ela Amar Rabbi Yohanan, Man Tana Seder Yomah. Rabbi Shabon Isha Mitzpah. Fine, he's the author of Amishnah Rabbi Shabon Isha Mitzpah. Which is really Tamid is going to everybody. Al Mishnah that's discussing the order of the Qurban uh, as well as all the Mishnah to Masikat Yomah that discuss the order of the service in the Bet HaMikdash. That's Da'at Jahid, the Mishnah on Isha Mitzvah. So we just reverse the Da'at Jahid. Put the Da'at Jahid in Masikat Yomah. So now the Gemara says, fine. Verameh Seder Yomah, Aseder Yomah. Now I'll bring you a contradiction from Yomah to Yomah. Which means, I, I'm not going to answer a question from, 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 your, from Tamid anymore. Tamid is the opinion, and uh, your mind, Tamid is the Bishop on uh, Isha Mitzvah. Fine. But in your mind itself, he contradicts himself. Mm-hmm. Why? We have a later on. The second uh, lottery of the day. The Mishnah leader later on is going to tell us there were four lotteries that were done every day. She's the Kohen, Kohenim would gather. And they would make four different uh, lotteries for different types of uh, services in the Bet HaMikdash. So the pious Hashini, the second pious was what? Mishochet, who's going to slaughter? Mizorek, who sprinkles? Who takes the ashes off the Mizbeach? Who cleans the Menorah? And who brings the bones of the Torah Tamir up the ramp? Pious Hashini, the third, 
round of lotteries. Hadashim Liktoret. Whoever never brought the Ketoret before, all the new guys, Bo'u Vafitsu. Come and join the lottery. As she says, they only allowed new people that ever brought the Ketoret to be part of the lottery. You only get one shot to bring the Ketoret. Why? Because the Ketoret makes the person rich. So therefore they wanted to give the Kohanim, everybody an equal chance to get the Berachah of the Ketoret. Look at Rashi in the first wide line, Hadashim. Kohanim shelo ektiru Ketoret mimehem, yitkabesu kulam lekan, legora la Ketoret. Ava lo yishanim. But not old ones. Damar de Kaman, Meolam no Shana Ba Adam. Nobody ever got to bring the Ketore twice. The Fishaita Measherit. Because it made the person rich in the Emar. Yasimu Ketora Beapecha, Ukti Batre Barecha Shem Hilo. But you just see Ketore, and then it says Beracha. Now, what do you see from this part? The Ketore was after the Menorah, which is the lotteries were in order. The second lottery was who wants to clean out the Menorah? Very good. Third lottery, who wants to bring the Ketoret? What do you mean? That's the Masechet Yomah now. Now you tell me Menorah comes before the Ketoret. And in our Mishnah it says, the Ketoret comes before the Menorah. Uh, make up your mind. Say this, Tira. So the Gemara says like this, Amar Abaye Lakasha. No question. Kan Bahatabat Shtenerot, Kan Bahatabat Hamishnerot. Ba'atava was done in two stages. The Kohen Gadol would first clean out five of the Nerot. Then he would do a service in between. And then he went back and did the Shtei Nerot, the last two. And then he would continue the Avodah. So Ha'atavat Nerot was split up into two parts. Now let's look at Rashi. Kan Ba'atavat Shtei Nerot. Watch Rashi. Third line. The command of Perik Shelishi Amnina Shemavsik Batamatanerot Mishetif Hamish. Once he cleaned out five, Posek Umamtin. You have to stop. Ad Shnaasa Avoda Achiret Bintayim. He has to do another service in between. Vechazeru Meti Ishtayim. Then you got to go back and do the two. Ufliga Abbas Shaul Verabanan. And we have a mahluk between the rabbis and Abbas Shaul. Some say you put the ketoret in between. So the order would be what? Then you do the ketoret. Then you do that tabat shtenerot. So according to that, the ketoret came before hatava. So the Mishnah that said you did the ketoret, you did the ketoret, and then you did the hatava. Yeah, means ketoret comes before hatava shtenerot. And some say no, you did Chamesh Nerot. And then you, you slaughtered the Qurban Tamid and threw its blood. So that's the Avodah that separates between the five and the two. Then you did the Hatabat Shtei Nerot. And then you did the, the, uh, the rest of the service. Now, now the Gemara is going to explain later why you need a hafsaka between the two hatavot, between hatavat hamishnot and hatavat shtenerot. Now continue Rashi. Vetanadidan, our Mishnah svira le biktorit mafsikdeu that you separated the hatavot with ktorit. 
הלקח, הדקתני קטורת ברשה, בהטבת שתי נרות כאמר, exactly, when it says קטורת comes first, yes, קטורת comes before the הטבה, which הטבה? שתי נרות, בהדקתן הטבה ברשה, בהטבת חמש נשנות כאמר, but according to the משנה that said, that the הטבת הנרות came before the קטורת, that's referring to the הטבת חמש נרות, so there's no סלידה, it depends which Hatabah you're looking at. Yes, there's a Hatabah that comes before the Ketorot, there's a Hatabah that comes after the Ketorot. That Tavat Hamesh Terot comes before the Ketorot. That Tavat Shtein Terot comes after the Ketorot. So all the Mishnah, we're just looking at different Hatabot. What? Mm-hmm. It's the first bias and then uh, this is the, yeah, the, the contradiction is that uh, in the next Mishnayot later on it says that they brought the, uh, they did the Hatabah uh, and then they did the Ketorot. Amishta says they did the ketoret and then they did the hatava. Now we're answering this to hatavot. Lememra the bektoret mafsik neu. Hold it. I understand you want to make a hefsek between the two hatavot, and you're telling me now that the hefsek was done with what ketoret. So Gemara says, is that so? Veha abaye misader ma'aracha mishemed the Gemara. This is one of the uh, paragraphs that we're supposed to say every morning in Shacharit. Abaye gave us the order of the Ma'araka, of the service in the Beit HaMikdash, according to the Gemara. According to the Gemara means according to the tradition that he had from the Yeshiva, exactly how it's done. And what did he say? He said that you did Hatavat Nerot, Hatavat Hamesh Nerot, Bedama Tamid Mavsik Lehu. The service in between the Hatavot was Dama Tamid. Was the sprinkling of the blood of the Qurban Tamid, not with the Ketoret. So now we have a whole question. What are you talking about? Hatabat Nerot, I don't argue. There was five and two. And I don't argue there was Avadan between. But that Avadan was not the Ketoret. The Avadan between the Hatabot was what? The Dam and Tamid. Now look at Rashi. He gave the order every day in the Beit HaMikdash. He got it from the tradition of the Hakamim, from the Yeshiva, they got it from their rabbis. No question. If you, if you know the statement, it's... However, according to the rabbis, no, the rabbis would have a tabah, ketoret, followed by a hatabah. The time that we have a brighter. Lo The first opinion says, do not do a tabah tanerot, followed by ketoret. Ela yaktir. Right? First, uh, do the Haktara, and then Yatib. Meaning, do five. Haktara, followed by the two. Abba Shaul Omer, now, Metib, Veharkach Maktir. He says, no, no, no. You do Haktara, uh, you do five. You have to separate it with Dam. Do the Haktabat, Shtederot, and then do the Ketoret. So you see what? That the Ketor was done at the end of everything, and the separating in Abashol was done with what? The dam. My Tamad Abashol. What's the logic of Abashol? Dichtiv. Baboker, Baboker. Betibo et Nerot. Veadad Yaktidena. The Pasuk says, Baboker, Baboker. Betibo et Nerot Yaktidena. 
What is the Pasuk telling us? First make all the Hatamat Haderot, Ve'acharkach Yaktirimna. Which is the Ketoret is done after all the Hatamat. So you do Hatamat Hamesh, Damat Tamid, Hatamat Sheteh, then Ketoret. So again the Pasuk says, Be'etibot Haderot. Meaning after you finish all the Hatamat, Yaktirimna. Oh, the Gemara concludes over here and says, V'Rabbanan, Ma'ika Amar Ahmana. As the rabbis learned this pasuk, Be'idan He's learning like this. When the pasuk says, At the time of the hataba, meaning mid hataba, yaktirena. Which means at the time of the hataba, meaning in between hataba, between the five and the two, Yaktirina. So because we have a fantastic Mahlokan over here of what took place in the Beit HaMikdash. Whereas Abba Shaul learned all the Hatabot were done, of course, separated by an Avodah, and then followed by the Ketoret, like the Pasuk says, Be'etibo, Yaktirina. Whereas the Rabbi said, no, Ketoret was smacked in the middle between the Hatabat Hamesh and the Hatabat Shtayim.